1: Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that with the American Family Insurance Home Quote Tool, you can easily design a customized policy for your dream home right from the comfort of your couch. And fun paint fact, there are over 150 shades of white, like Hello White, Fluffy Bunny, Eggshell. They get it. Explore the AmFam Home Quote Tool at amfam.com home to learn more about your policy coverage options. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly.
0: American Family Mutual Insurance Company has signed its operating company, 6,000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Products not available in every state.
2: Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me Rob McConnell on the x TV show coming soon to screens of all sizes. On the x TV show we'll investigate UFOs, ghosts, alien abductions, demonic possession, psychic phenomenon, angels, lake monsters, bigfoot, unsolved mysteries, and all subject matter from within the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology, and much, much more. The X-Zone TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, www.xzonetv.com, is a Relmar McConnell Media Company and Airplay Media production. Fact is fiction, and fiction is reality. Now,
1: here's your host, Rob McConnell.
2: Welcome back, everyone. This is The Excellent I Am, Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 800-610-7035. Email exxon at com On all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And our main website where you can listen to the Exxon, 724-365, com. You know, Exxon, it's a very rare day when I actually sit down in front of the boob tube And decide to just take an hour or two away from the Exxon TV show, away from the Exxon radio show, away from Melmar, and just kind of veg out. I did this last week. And we have a new TV service up here called Crave TV. And uh, I went out to Crave TV and I saw documentaries. I clicked on that. And they had some pretty cool stuff. But one jumped out at me. And as you know, as a former cop myself, the the assassination of JFK has always been of interest to me, always. So there was a a um a film entitled JFK the Smoking Gun. Well, oh, I figured, "Hey, what a bet what a better way to to spend some quality time than watching um film on JFK and the assassination." What I thought was going to be a one-time view, as are most of the shows I watch, I've watched this film ten times. Every time I watch it, I learn something new. There was no way I could pass up the opportunity of bringing the people who were involved in this fantastic film onto the show so you the members of the XO Nation can hear for yourself their findings. One of the one of the people, main figures within this film, is our guest this hour. His name is Bonner Menninger, and he is the author of the book that broke this story based on Howard Donahue. Now Howard Donahue is a ballistic forensic expert. He's a gunsmith, sharpshooter. In fact, he actually was able to show on a CBS special that Lee Harvey Oswald could have actually got off three rounds in less than six seconds. I was amazed at this, this, uh, the findings in this film. And I was further amazed to find out that this book, that the author wrote entitled "Mortal Error" didn't fly off the uh, bookshelves. So what's wrong with this story? So then the research department did some work, and we found out that, in our opinion, this story did not get the media exposure it deserved. We put a we put a call out to uh, Bonar today, as well as we did to. Um, Colin uh, Lauren who is the McLaren I should say who was the Australian police detective who worked on this case and who brought everything together unfortunately he didn't get back to us as of yet but Bonner did and I must tell you Exonation, what you are about to hear is fact it is not fiction and as you know we say on this show, fact is stranger than fiction. Over the next 45 minutes, you will hear what I believe, based on the evidence that was brought to on this film, the credibility of the, the main character, Howard Donahue, the credibility of Colin McLaren, and the credibility of our guest this hour, Bonner, Menninger that what you are about to hear will blow your socks off, but it is the truth. Now I've taken a little bit more time than I thought I would bringing in our guest, but I had to let you know the exonation, where exactly I stand on this. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with my very special guest this hour. Bonner Menninger. The book is available on Amazon.com. And for all you conspiracy theorists, boy, are you in for a shock. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. This is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And we come to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, Right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our growing family of broadcast affiliates worldwide. When I come back on the other side of this break, Bonner Menninger is my very special guest. We are going to blow the socks off the world, the Exo Nation. And I hope, I really hope, that we are going to get a lot of people asking a lot of serious questions based on the next 45 minutes here in the Exxon. Don't go away, I'll be right back. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, on the x TV show, coming soon to screens of all sizes. On the x TV show, we'll investigate UFOs, ghosts, alien abductions, demonic possession, psychic phenomenon, angels, lake monsters, Bigfoot, unsolved mysteries, and all subject matter from within the world of the paranormal, and the science of parapsychology, and much, much more. The X-Zone TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, www.xzonetv.com, It's a Relmar McConnell Media Company and Airplay Media production.
0: I've had a great deal of thought, Grandpa. <laughs> and afterwards... I...
1: Here is a bulletin from CBS News. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The first reports say that President Kennedy has been seriously wounded by this shooting. More details just arrived. These details about the same as previously. President Kennedy shot today just as his motorcade left downtown Dallas. Mrs. Kennedy jumped up and grabbed Mr. Kennedy. She called, oh no, the motorcade sped on. United Press says that the wounds for President Kennedy perhaps could be fatal. Repeating a bulletin from CBS News, President Kennedy has been shot by a would-be assassin in Dallas, Texas. Stay tuned to CBS News for further details.
2: Welcome back, everyone. We're going to go back in time. We're going to get into Mr. Peabody's Wayback Machine. And we're going to go back to November the 22nd, 1963. I don't think there is anyone listening around the world who does not remember what they were doing, if they were born at that time, what they were doing when they learned the news that President John F. Kennedy had been assassinated in Dallas, Texas a lot of controversy, a lot of conspiracy theories. But the truth is out there. Joining me this hour, Exxon Nation, is a very special guest here on the Exxon. His name is Bonner Menninger. Now, he is the author of a book entitled Mortal Error, The Shot That Killed JFK. It's a 1992 nonfiction book outlining a theory by sharpshooter, gunsmith, and ballistics expert, Howard Donahue, that a Secret Service agent accidentally fired the shot that actually killed President Kennedy. Now Mortal Error is available still today on Amazon.com. It's in hardback, paperback, and audiobook. Joining me now from his home in, I believe he's in Kansas is Bonner Menninger. And, Bonner, first of all, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight, and it's a great pleasure and honor talking to you, sir.
3: Well, thank you. I, I very much appreciate being here. Thanks for having me.
2: Bonner, what was your your connection, your interest in the Kennedy assassination?
3: Well, uh, you know, like like so many people, I remember it, as you said. In fact, listening to Walter Cronkite, mm-hmm. that was still very spooky to hear that, that news bulletin, but I was uh, I was six years old growing up in Topeka, Kansas, and uh, mm-hmm. happened to be home from school that day, so I watched it all unfold, and, you know, it cast a long shadow over my life, and so fast forward to the late 1980s. I was a reporter in Washington, D.C., and just by circumstance, happenstance, uh, stumbled into this story uh, about this work that an individual had done investigating the assassination and naturally I was intrigued and I, uh, I checked it out and uh, he seemed legit and I, I kept digging and, and ultimately ended up writing a book about his experience.
2: What was it like when you had the opportunity of meeting with Howard Donahue? And tell us a little bit about Howard.
3: Yeah, Howard Donahue was a, uh, a firearms examiner. He provided uh, expert witness testimony in court cases in shooting cases in terms of trying to determine what had actually happened. Uh, He was also an expert marksman, and he ran a gunsmith, so he had kind of a triumvirate of skills, and uh, and he brought all those to bear on his investigation into the assassination, which also was uh, sort of initiated by chance. He was recruited because of his marksmanship to participate in the uh, 1967 CBS reenactment of the mm-hmm. shooting to determine if Oswald could have gotten three rounds on target, two rounds on target in, uh, in under six seconds, and in fact of the eight or ten riflemen that they had at this uh, shooting range up in Maryland, 60 feet up, moving uh, target below, Donahue was the only one to put three rounds on the target uh, in the allotted period of time. So he was... Um, Based on that experience, he was recruited by True Magazine. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, sure, yeah,
2: used to used to read it all the time.
3: Yeah, it was it was uh, quite a publication yeah. in the '60s. But he was recruited to write an article about the uh, assassination, essentially backing up the Warren Commission's findings. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, I'm happy to do that. I I certainly believe that Oswald acted alone, and I'm you know I just want to do a little bit of research and uh, and. Anyway, that's that's how his investigation began in 1967. But just to back up about Howard Donahue, he was um, he was quite an individual uh, outside of his marksmanship and his firearms expertise. He was a B-17 pilot in uh, in World War II. He flew 35 missions over Germany and um, survived. Uh, but he won several medals for heroism and. Uh, Pretty remarkable for a young man of twenty three years old, so anyway howard I connected with him uh, through a, a private investigator who had told me about howard's theory and and i I just began asking questions and um, it seemed like every time I thought I had him stumped, you know he had an explanation or some evidence that uh, that showed that what he was suggesting was was not only logical but but plausible
2: so here you are sitting with a gentleman who's come up based on forensic findings and mathematics and science that there were in fact more than one shooter involved in the assassination of President Kennedy
3: yeah it was it was intense I, I mean, my initial response was, you know, I, I was like everybody else. I assumed coming out of the 60s and 70s that there there was a conspiracy of some sort, and um, this was kind of the antithesis of that. And this was uh, not a conspiracy except a conspiracy of silence after the fact to, to hide this, this terrible uh, tragedy. So to some extent I think that's why the book never – Got the traction that that maybe it deserved because people were, uh, you know, it's almost anticlimactic to say that after all this, it was actually just a, a tragic accident. And that's, uh, you know, some people have their minds made up and they're just not willing to accept that uh, something so simple and so mm-hmm. so horrible could
2: occur. Over the years doing this show and over 3,800 guests, I've heard. Many, many, many theories on the conspiracy. I've heard the mob conspiracy. I've heard the Russian conspiracy, the ice bullet theory, um, uh, the Cuban connection, and, and so on and so forth. I've had a chance to glance through the Warren Commission. I've read a number of books on the JFK assassination. Sensationalism is one thing and this is what conspiracy theorists base their belief on, is is total fiction and sensationalism, when here, based on scientific evidence, based on forensic science, you have a clear answer. And why people have not rushed to their bookstore, rushed onto Amazon.com to buy this book, and to finally put this man's soul to rest it's beyond me it is totally beyond me
3: yes it seems ironic but again i think uh... you know so many people are invested in the idea that it was a conspiracy it's hard to let go of those beliefs if you've held held them for a long time until i began to understand Mm -hmm. what weapons actually do and how they perform uh... and, and what they're designed to do uh... you know i I was in that camp. I mean, I assume there was a shooter on the grassy knoll and and perhaps elsewhere, but uh, once you understand that, you know, bullets make entrance wounds and they make exit wounds, and the exit wounds are uh, invariably quite a bit bigger than the entrance sure. wounds, um, when you start to, to think about that, think of it in those terms, it quickly becomes clear that, you know, the only way that, that wound could have been caused by a shot from the grassing Knoll I'm talking about the wound to his head, that mm-hmm. enormous gaping wound, as if somebody was 8 feet away with a 12-gauge shotgun. You know, there's, there's no bullet that's going to blow up his head in the front that's coming from that direction. On the other hand, you have a high-velocity uh, frangible bullet that enters from the rear, a bullet that's specifically designed to fragment for maximum lethal effect, and then it blows out the whole front of the skull. That's physics. That's feasible. Mm-hmm. So Don, what, what Donahue did was bring it down to uh, the science and the the, uh, the ballistics and the physiology. And, you know, as far as a, a conspiracy goes, I don't think either one of us put a lot of stock in that, but at the same time, as far as who Oswald may have been connected with, or what he may have been up to, ultimately, we were agnostic about it. We were focused specifically and solely on the evidence of the, uh, from the scene of the crime and didn't concern ourselves with uh, the time Oswald spent mm-hmm. in Russia or in Japan, uh, you know, in his possible CIA connections. So. Was he involved with someone else? Perhaps, but that doesn't change my interpretation, my understanding of the fatal shot that struck Kennedy in the head. That's ultimately what we were looking at. And, you know, not only did Howard, was he able to uh, to determine that that bullet was fired accidentally by a Secret Service agent in the follow-up car riding right behind the, the presidential limousine, um, he also had some interesting conclusions about about the shots that Oswald fired, Howard had a, a, a brilliant mind, and he could take all these fragmented pieces, all this disparate information, and put it together and interpret it in a new way that nobody had really tried to do or was capable of doing before. And suddenly it was like, you know, you know, like a lock that all the tumblers fall in place, right. and boom, the thing up, opens up. That's how his mind worked. And so his... Not just the headshot, but but the shots that preceded it. You know, I think he was uh, extremely. Uh, his contribution was significant in those areas as well.
2: All right, Bonner, please stand by. We have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exonation. The name of the book is *Mortal Error: The Shot That Killed JFK*. It's available on Amazon.com. The author is my guest this hour bonner menninger and we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in hamilton ontario canada exo nation do me a favor after the show tonight go to your tv on demand or do a search for jfk the smoking gun you will not regret it my name is rob mcconnell this is the Exxon. we'll be back on the other side of this news break don't go away skeptic or a believer, join me Rob McConnell on the x TV show coming soon to screens of all sizes. On the x TV show we'll investigate UFOs, ghosts, alien abductions, demonic possession, psychic phenomenon, angels, lake monsters, Bigfoot, unsolved mysteries and all subject matter from within the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology, and much, much more. The X-Zone TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, www.xzonetv.com, is a Realmar McConnell Media Company and Airplay Media production.
0: Gave it a great deal of thought, Grandpa. (laughs) And afterwards...
1: Here is a bulletin from CBS News. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The first reports say that President Kennedy has been seriously wounded by this shooting. More details just arrived. These details about the same as previously. President Kennedy shot today just as his motorcade left downtown Dallas. Mrs. Kennedy jumped up and grabbed Mr. Kennedy. She called, oh, no, the motorcade sped on. United Press At says the, that that Dallas, the wounds for uh, the, uh, And throughout the streets of Dallas, the Dallas police had been augmented by some 400. Uh, policemen called in on their day off because there were some fears and concerns in Dallas, uh, that, uh, that there might be demonstrations, at least, that could embarrass the president, because it was only on October the 24th that our ambassador to the United Nations, Adley Stevenson, uh, was assaulted in Dallas, uh, leaving a dinner meeting there. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. Vice President Lyndon Johnson (coughs) has left the hospital in uh, Dallas, but we do not know uh, to where he has proceeded. Uh, Presumably, he will be taking the oath of office shortly and become uh, the 36th President of the United States.
2: back everyone. My guest for this hour is Bonner Menninger. He is the author of Mortal Error The Shot That Killed JFK. It's available on Amazon.com and uh, Bonner, thanks very much for uh, being with us today. Uh, We were talking before the break about uh, Howard Donahue. Let me ask you this question. What did Howard Donahue believe happened in Dallas, Texas?
3: Okay, based on his 20-year investigation mm-hmm. from '67 uh, right up through the '80s. This was the sequence of events that that he thought unfolded. Oswald <clears throat> fired from the sixth floor with his Mannlicher Carcano. Uh, the sight was off. The bullet missed. The limousine struck the right rear uh, to the right and rear of the limousine on the pavement. Uh, multiple witnesses reported a ricochet or some sort of flash in the concrete with Mm -hmm. that first shot in that area. Kennedy himself, according to Winston Lawson, who was the Secret Service agent riding in the passenger seat, exclaimed after this first shot, according to the agent, Kennedy exclaimed, my God, I'm hit. Uh, Donahue was able to identify on the x-rays a tiny fragment of lead on the exterior of the scalp that could have only come from a ricochet. So he believed that that first shot missed because the sight was off or because perhaps the bullet struck a branch of the tree that was there. The bullet ricochets, catches Kennedy in the back of the head. There was also a couple of very small uh, wounds on his face. He exclaims, my God, I'm hit. So Oswald chambers another round and goes to the iron sights, beneath the scope Mm -hmm. and fires again and this uh was the magic so-called magic bullet Uh, this bullet penetrated kennedy's back through his neck struck Connolly as he was turning got him in the side went through and ultimately ended up in his thigh um you know that bullet, the bullet you have to understand is the bullets that Oswald were shot, uh, was were firing were 6.5 millimeter Mannlicher-Carcano military round, full metal jacket, designed to penetrate, designed to uh, go through houses, designed to strike a soldier and take him out of the battle, but not necessarily um, cause a devastating wound. So, yes, that bullet uh, m- might break up, but. In the case of the so-called magic bullet, it's completely consistent that it would go through two people and retain its integrity. So that's the second shot. So the third shot, according to Donahue, uh, was fired by Agent George Hickey. He was in the left rear seat, standing on the left rear seat of the uh, Secret Service follow-up car immediately behind the president, uh, about 20 feet away. Uh, he picked up the AR-15 that was on the floor of the car, uh, began to turn to return fire from Oswald's location, lost his balance, the weapon accidentally discharged. Now, the, the three primary pieces of evidence that Hugh identified that supports that scenario are as follows. The trajectory of the bullet. If the shot that hit Kennedy in the head had been fired by Oswald. It would have been coming from right to left and down at about a 16 degree angle. Now, based on the position of Kennedy's head, that would have, the the entrance wound was right around his calic, just to the right of his calic. So given that, and given the position of his head, that would have meant that the bullet exited his face somewhere, his left, left cheek, maybe his eye, his nose, somewhere in there. But in fact, it didn't exit there, it exited upper right portion of his skull. So just do it just try it yourself. Just you know, there's an entrance wound at your calic and the right upper right side of your skull blows out. Mm -hmm. That necessarily dictates a trajectory not from right to left, but from left to right and on a much shallower plane, about seven degrees. So that's that's number one. The trajectory of the bullet was consistent with a shooter from behind and the left. Okay, the second thing, and perhaps the most important thing, was the uh, characteristics of the bullet that hit Kennedy in the head. Unlike the Carcano bullet, which is, as I said, a full metal jacket bullet designed specifically not to fragment, the bullet that hit Kennedy in the head ruptured and uh, into more than 40 very minute lead fragments and called, caused that devastating explosive wound. That is... Uh, not what a Carcano does, but that is exactly what an AR 15 does. AR 15 is a 223 round. It's basically a, it's the size of a 22, but it has a huge charge of powder, and it's so light that when it hits uh, flesh, the bullet begins to tumble. And it's traveling so fast that the lead core is molten inside it, and that thin jacket ruptures and it spews that lead. So it's just like a uh, tornado effect. It just blows through and it causes these devastating wounds. And, you know, it was ostensibly a full metal jacket bullet mm-hmm. to comply with the, uh, uh, you know, the treaties that require military bullets to be full metal jacket. But in, in practice, it was like it was a frangible or like a hollow point. That's how it behaved. And that's the kind of wound that Kennedy suffered. There's no explanation for that. All that led all these little pieces of lead in in the x-rays, except from a frangible bullet. So that's number two, the trajectory, the fragmentation of the bullet, and finally, the entrance wound on Kennedy's skull was 6 millimeters in diameter. The bullets that Oswald fired were 6.5 millimeters in diameter. You can't push a bullet through a hole that's smaller than its diameter. Conversely, Mm -hmm. holes in the skull typically are a little bit bigger than the diameter of the bullet. This was a 6-millimeter hole. The diameter of the 223 round is 5.56 millimeters. So that is the third uh, piece of evidence from a ballistic standpoint that supports this scenario. And then there's just a whole bunch of other uh, circumstantial evidence. You know, multiple people, at least 13 people, saw the agent with the rifle at the time of the fatal shot, just before, just after. Several people saw him fall down, uh, and this is fascinating to me. And I'd love for someone to, who doesn't buy this theory, to explain to me how this could be. At least eight people in the motorcade, uh, immediately behind the follow-up car, smelled gunpowder yeah. instantly,
2: in- including the mayor of Dallas right. and, uh, and right. other members, uh, official members of the party. And there's even a photograph. Of uh, George Hickey with the AR-15 in, in his hands in the motorcade, right? And if yeah. I'm not mistaken, the director of the U.S. Secret Service at the time told the Warren Commission that the only weapons that were issued to the U.S. Secret Service agents were 38-caliber uh, revolvers.
3: Right. They did subsequently uh, acknowledge that there was an AR-15 on the vehicle but curiously said that uh it was no longer in service with the Secret service this is a brand new weapon an extremely uh capable weapon and why they would take it out of service after just uh one perhaps two motorcades in protection duty that's uh i don't know you know but it's curious
2: you know uh, after 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 watching uh, JFK, the smoking gun, and and learning more about you and and your book, as well as Howard Donahue, with today's attention on the Secret Service based on their performance over the last two years. I don't understand, and please try and help me here, Bonner. Why no one has pointed to your book and said, "Listen, if you think that's bad, look at this."
3: Yeah. Well, I, I don't know what the explanation is. I can tell you that uh, when this book came out in 1992, uh, it was caught up in the, uh, the prop wash of the uh, Oliver Stone film. Right. And I think a lot of people just assumed out of hand that it was some kind of quick hit, rip-off, exploitative deal, so they dismissed it. And um, so, you know, once, once that happened, mm-hmm. and then... A, then subsequently, uh, Agent Hickey sued me and sued Donahue. it was uh, eventually dismissed due to statute limitations.
2: That was the but, first time.
3: Uh, yeah, well, it was it was all kind of it was like multiple suits all rolled up into one. They were looking for a venue that uh, that would allow them to to sue late, but they did not prevail. Uh, now St. Martin's Press, you know, they to preclude an appeal, they did provide a settlement to Hickey, uh, the amount of which I do not know, Mm -hmm. but people saw that and said, well, Hickey sued and they settled, so it's wrong, you know? But my feeling was uh, that the lawsuit, you know, maybe it should have gone forward because we could have at least determined in a court of law what was fact and what was fiction. Uh, But, you know, things played out the way they did. Again, this is not that sexy. It's not, you know, mobsters, and it's not rogue CIA agents. It's just entropy. It's, uh, it's just random uh, fate, and that's, that's, that's just unacceptable for some people. I don't know why, but, but yeah, there it is.
2: I, w- I would say in today's society that the truth must prevail, like it's nice to believe in Santa Claus. It's nice to believe in the Easter Bunny, and and it's nice to believe in the in the Land of Oz. But at the end of the day, reality and the truth prevail.
3: Yeah, there's uh, Neil Young, your great Canadian rocker. Yeah, he's got a line: sooner or later, it all gets real. That's right. And, you know, maybe maybe sooner or later it will get real, as far as the assassination is concerned. I mean, it's been 20 years since this book came out, and no one has substantively uh, challenged it in in a way that undermines the evidence that Donahue was able to put together. You know, no one has refuted this, uh, and yet it just sits there. I don't know. You know, I'm kind of – I just take the long view. I mean, I I think it's on the record, and I think um, sooner or later uh, I hope – I, I would have hoped by now that someone would would have uh, been willing to come forward who might know the particulars uh, about what actually transpired, but that has not occurred, you know, and maybe it won't.
2: You must find this very frustrating. How do you deal with the frustration?
3: Yeah, You I know, mean, I don't. I mean, I, again, I felt like I, uh, I did my job. Yeah. I, got, I got Donahue's story down, and I uh, did the best I could. And how people react or respond to it, you know, that's beyond my control. So there's no point in uh, losing a lot of energy about, you know, the fact that it that it hasn't been as well read or that that Donnie hasn't gotten the recognition mm-hmm. he deserved. That's, you know, well, I guess that's unfortunate. But you just roll the dice. You don't know what's going to happen. You just do your best and uh, you move on. And uh, so well, let, I mean, let, let, on. let
2: me ask you this, uh, Donner honor um yeah. how how did how did howard donahue feel about the way that this substantial historical find was actually dealt with by the media and and by the public
3: i think he was probably i, I don't say i won't say bitter but disappointed you know howard died in uh, this book came out in 92 mm-hmm. and uh howard died in 99 and uh, i think you know, to the end of, the, of his days, he was still trying to push it up court and uh, get it in front of people and um, and let it be known. Um, so I think it was frustrating for Howard. Um, you know, me as a writer, I felt like I got it, in a in between the covers. You know, I I, I got that part done, and, and it's up to people to read it. You know, I just wasn't going to spend my life being a, you know, just like so totally obsessed with sure. this. It's just another story, you know? I'm a reporter, and it was just another story.
2: We've got about a minute left before I have to go to my final break for this segment, Bonner. But have you received any any criticisms or any any pats on the back from anyone within the U.S. government?
3: Yeah, I've, I've, I've had a couple of communications with— uh, people in, in federal law enforcement who have mm-hmm. been very supportive, uh, not that they have any direct knowledge, but that they essentially said this is entirely consistent with uh, with the kinds of things I've seen in, in federal uh, agencies. And, you know, it's important to talk about the contribution that Colin McLaren made because it was significant. And he All right, did. why don't we
2: talk about that when we come back from this break? Sure. Exonation. my guest this hour is Bonner Menninger. He's the author of Mortal Error, The Shot That Killed JFK. It's available on Amazon.com. And the film I urge you to look at, buy it, rent it, whatever you have to do, it's JFK, The Smoking Gun. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. even if it means experimenting on children. Chasing 120, a story of food, faith, fraud, and the pursuit of longevity, a novel from the pen of political cartoonist Monty Wolverton, is an easy and entertaining read full of rich characters and intrigue. It hits home in a world filled with all kind of hucksterism and offers a glimpse of what can happen when GMO technology falls into the wrong hands. Chasing 120 by Monty Wolverton. Get your copy today at www.ptm.org forward slash 120 or on amazon.com. nation. my guest this hour has been Bonner Menninger. He is the author of Mortal Error, The Shot That Killed JFK. And we're talking about the JFK assassination on November the 22nd, 1963 in Dallas, Texas. The film, JFK The Smoking Gun, features Colin McLaren, a former Australian undercover investigator. And um, he walks you through the entire film. He walks you through the finding. He ties all the people, the witnesses, the the doctors, what happened in Parkland Memorial Hospital based on records. The entire event and the part I love about JFK, the smoking gun, is they use facts. They use uh, information from the Warren Commission. They use witness testimonies. It's a great film. Once again, it's entitled JFK, the smoking gun. Um, Bonner, tell me about Colin McLaren.
3: Well, you know, I think what Colin was able to do, he went through virtually every document relating to not only the Warren commission, but also the, uh, uh subsequent, uh, uh, South select committee investigation in 77, mm-hmm. um, uh, Dallas sheriff's office, uh, witness statements. And, uh, he was able to not only find supporting evidence for this scenario at the scene of the crime, additional witnesses smelling gunpowder, additional witnesses seeing uh, the agent with the rifle, but he also really showed very clearly a pattern of uh, intimidation by the Secret Service from the get-go at Parkland Hospital right on through the autopsy uh, in D.C., all the evidence at the autopsy, well, first of all, they they basically ran, ran the body out of Dallas against the uh, orders of the, uh, the Texas uh, coroner in, in Dallas <coughs> illegally at gunpoint. And when they get to uh, D.C., all the evidence, the uh, bullet fragments, the photographs, the tissue slides, uh, everything <coughs> is confiscated by the Secret Service. And a lot of it never sees the light of day. After that, so you gotta ask yourself, what was their deal? You know, why were they so intent mm-hmm. on controlling information and evidence relating to this shooting, unless there was something that they were uh, concerned about getting out?
2: We've got a couple of minutes left, uh, Bonner. What is the message that you would like to send out to the members of the Exo Nation tonight?
3: Well, just that, uh, you know, look at the evidence and, and really understand it. Don't just assume that because you saw the Oliver Stone movie, you know how guns and, and bullets behave and, you know, back into the left, back into the left, head to men, shoot from the front. Well, that's not true at all. I mean, that back into the left was due to, in my view, and in, in the view of people that uh, understand, you know, wound ballistics, the propulsion effect of all that brain fluid rocketing forward, driving Kennedy back in the seat. You know, understand what entrance and exit wounds look like. And, and you know, I don't know if there was a conspiracy, but I do know that the facts point irrevocably and uh, repeatedly mm-hmm. to this conclusion. And and, and so I, I guess I would just suggest that people open their minds up a little bit and, and take another look at this thing.
2: Bonner, I want to thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to when you come and join us via Skype on the Exxon TV show so we can have yet another conversation on this fascinating topic. Thank you so much for writing your book. Keep up the great work. And we're going to do everything we can to get this message out there.
3: Thank you so much, Rob. I really appreciate it. It's been great talking to you tonight. Great interview.
2: Sir, the pleasure has been all mine. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour has been Bonner Menninger. He's the author of Mortal Error, The Shot That Killed JFK. It's available on Amazon.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break and the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away now.